You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Tina Turner, private dancer. In the room, I have Rob. Hey, buddy. And on the line, I have Kyle. How you doing? Private Dancer is the fifth solo studio album by Tina Turner. It was released on May 29th, 1984 through Capitol Records. The producer was a lot of people. I'm just going to say multiple producers. Oh, yeah. Um, the genre is pop, rock, and R&B. I'm going to read from All Music Review, Alex Henderson. In 1984, a 45-year-old Tina Turner made one of the most amazing comebacks in the history of American popular music. A few years earlier, hard to imagine the veteran soul rock diva reinventing herself and returning to the top of the pop charts, but she did exactly that with the outstanding private dancer, and Turner did so without sacrificing her musical integrity. To be sure, this pop rock R&B pearl is decidedly slicker than such raw earthy, hard-edged, Icantina classics as Proud Mary and I Want to Take You Higher, but she still has a tough, throaty, passionate delivery that serves her beautifully on everything from the melancholy reggae influence, What's Love Gotta Do With It, to the gutsy, Better Be Good To Me, to heartfelt remakes of the Beatles' Help, Al Green's Let's Stay Together, and David Bowie's 1984, a reflection on the emptiness of a stripper's life. The dusky title song is as poignant as it is depressing. Without question, this was Turner's finest hour as a solo artist. All right, what do we think of Tina Turner, Private Dancer? It's wonderful. This Fantastic is a, record. A beautiful, yeah. wonderful, magical record that sure. she she holds the whole thing together. Like we were talking about all the producers are, that are on this, like, and there's a five. Yeah, seven maybe. Um, yeah, it's surprising. It's so cohesive. Co- it's only cohesive because she's the one at the helm. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's her voice that that makes this work. Any uh, and anyone under under anyone else's tutelage, this wouldn't have. This would not sound the way it sounds. Yeah, the song selection is so disparate, and like so is the production. Some of the arrangements are kind of wild. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I, I agree with you, Rob. Her voice and her her passion just. Uh, just pulls it all together. It's it's riveting. Every song on here. Yeah, Martin Ware's interpretation of Al Green's "Let's Stay Together" was. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. It was wild. Yeah, man. Yeah, I sounds never heard that. Very very eighties, but sounds good. It's a. Um, he did a. Good... Mar- is it Marty Ware or Martin Walsh? Martin Ware. Ware. I had it written down as Walsh. Nope. No. He's from Heaven Seventeen and yeah. Human League. Yeah. Yeah, my, my notes say jarring instrumentation, just because, you know, you've heard Let's Say Together a million times. 
And I think this was, I think this was the first single off this record. This was like her comeback single. It came out in 83. Her comeback single was, uh, yeah, let's stay together. Let's together. Yeah. It wasn't what's love got to do with it. That's crazy. No. First, uh, here's the single. Yeah, There's seven, by the way. Yeah. Gotcha. It goes out of nine songs. Let's stay together. And then help. So wild. And then what's love got to do with it? Better be good to me. Private dancer. I can't stand the rain and show some mercy. So help would have been a B side to the American release because the American release mm. on vinyl only had nine songs. Okay. And that, that would have been uh, the track order was I might have been the queen. What's love got to do with it? She shows some respect. I can't stand the rain. Better be good to me. Let's stay together. 1984 steel claw and uh, private dancer. Yeah. Help was not on the U.S. version. You're yeah. right, Rob. Wild. It is crazy. Um, What's Love Got to Do With It has the only acceptable DX7 harmonica use like <laughs> of any uh, anybody. It's uh, the only one that yeah, works. Thanks. I was, I was listening to that and I was thinking about us constantly trashing uh, Culture oh, the, Club. With yeah, their, uh, which what, what was a real harmonica. Sense. It was a real harmonica played by a real person and it's still too much. This one's okay. I don't know. It if sounds I great. Like, oh, they're, uh, they're using the breath controller on it. It, it, it's, it's it could also be because I've I've heard all, like all these singles since I was you know f- yeah I mean four this, or five years old. <laughs> this yeah. has been pounded into my my brain since like my brain was forming. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I like the harmonica. <laughs> oh, you just don't like harmonicas. Then. It's true. Uh, the old juice harp. So. I, did you guys already know the Dire Straits private dancer story? No. No, man. I thought that was amazing. Tell it, though. That was crazy. Mark Knopfler wrote Private Dancer, and I they recorded the music for it for uh, uh, Dire Straits. And he was like, I don't know if a dude should be singing this. And they just canned it. And they, they tried to offer it, I think, to some other people. And, and they said no. And Tina was like, all right, you know, let's do this. But Jeff Beck is on the record? Yeah, man. Yep. And he played a solo. Let me, let me find this quote. Yeah, Mark Knopfler has said the song was ruined due to them drafting in Jack, uh, Jeff Beck to play the world's second ugliest guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, I tried. I, I looked that up and I was like, they have to have who, who he thinks has the first ugliest guitar solo. No. The interviewer n- never asked him. So it'll remain a mystery. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah the, just uh, hit up a volley there. I don't. <laughs> John Isby, uh, I think that's how his name goes. Uh, was is the basis for Dire Straits. He's also on it. So is uh, Terrence Williams, who plays drum for Dire Straits, and they're also all three Jeff Beck, uh, whoever I just said beforehand. They're also all on uh, "Better Be Good to Me," which is uh, the fifth track on side one. Good song. I don't know why Mark Knopfler didn't play that solo. No clue. He just wasn't there, I guess. Yeah. 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 And it's really weird. I kind of agree with him, though. That Jeff Beck solo is not, not so good, Al. Not that great. No. It's not his best work. No. It just kind of sits there. You know what is great, though? I can't stand the rain. God. I, yeah. Did you? I got flashbacks to Missy Elliott. I never... I never heard this original. Well, this isn't the original, I suppose, but it's great. Well, it's people. Not, yeah. And in. And a people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did the original. But, you know, and Tina kind of yeah. owns it mm-hmm. in a way. Once Tina Turner sings a song, it is forever hers. <laughs> 
Um, David Bowie cover came out of nowhere. I was like, oh. 1984. Oh, it was the year 1984. The Diamond Dogs cover? cover? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I, was, I just put haha weird on my notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody watched that tonight uh, video with uh, Tina and Bowie, but just YouTube right now, Google wow. Tina Turner, David Bowie tonight, and they do a duet. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story about David Bowie and Tina Turner, which is... They fucked. The, well, <laughs> uh, was the most amazing uh, thing I have might have ever found. Did they this. do the Boney Maroney? They did the Boney Maroney, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a good dance. Uh, Tina's personal assistant recalled the tale. Um, they were performing in 1985... And Birmingham's NEC on the UK leg of the private dancer tour. He arrived at soundcheck on stage and Tina and Bowie were teasing each other. Later, they went back to the hotel and had sushi. Uh, the next morning, her personal assistant went to Tina's room and she was acting really strange. She said, oh, my God, David is so naughty. She told me she recounted this tale that said David came to her and said, uh, we'll have a little bit of fun. And then they did. Tina started laughing and said, he went in to take a shower. He walks out stark naked, wearing one of my spare wigs. He started singing, rolling on the river and was dancing just <laughs> like me. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, it's, it says that uh, they had fun. It wasn't love. It wasn't an affair. It was just the moment of uh, chemistry. But it brings a whole new level to that video of them singing together because that is like the night of the performance after this. And after he walks down the the, the state onto the stage and is talking to her, you can see her laughing visibly after he comments something uh, to her. And people have been able to deduce it oh uh, from watching his lips, like what he says. And then she also reconfirmed it, and he says, my cock is still sore. <laughs> <laughs> and they're singing this beautiful song. <laughs> That's fucking wonderful. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. You don't think of them as human. You don't think of them at all. You keep your mind on What do you guys think of Private Dancer? It's weird that it's coming up. I'm I'm so used to the American version. Like mm -hmm. it's the the track listings getting kind of wonky on me. But yeah. I fucking love the record. I love the song. Yeah, it's super sad and like she she. Yeah, I couldn't imagine Dire Straits trying to get away with. I couldn't either. This. I was talking about this album to Claire, and I was talking about this song, and, and she wasn't familiar with it, so I sang a little bit of it to her. <laughs> she asked if it was a Tom Waits song. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm your private dancer, dancing for money. I was like, oh shit. Man, they were, actually, you know what? Tom yeah. Waits or the boss would have done this great. Yeah. Ah. Although it's, it's a, you know, from a, I feel like it does have that female perspective. Not to say that men can't have, be private dancers. I mean, it, I, would, she, you not, would you not assume that Mark Knopfler said, she's a private dancer? But it's talking about you keep your mind on the money. You look at the wall. I don't consider them human. Did anyone I look up know. taxi dancers after researching this? No. Song? What? Uh, the music video for this. Um, I mean, the song seems to be about a, a, a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the um, video's good. It's very good. Yeah, the video's good. Um, Tina Turner like interpreted the song differently, um, and that's why in the in the music video she appears as a taxi dancer, and a taxi dancer is oh, like right. mm-hmm. a lady who uh, is hired to dance with their customers on a dance by dance basis. Yeah, so it's old. It's an old timey. I, I feel like she wouldn't have been able to get away with the sexuality of the song. Yeah, although it's it's still there that delivery. It is. Uh, let's talk about the charts. Since we talk about the charts, peaked at number three, Billboard 200, charted for 10 consecutive weeks, remained in the top 10 for 39 weeks uh, from August 84 to May 85, eventually certified five times platinum. And at the time, age 44, she became the oldest solo female artist to top the mm-hmm. Hot 100 chart. Second, uh, It was the second biggest single of 1984. And amazing and wonderful. Because you know what she did like the next year? Thunderdome, yes, motherfuckers. I do. God <laughs> damn it. So I got I got some some insular uh, factoids here. Uh, Terry Britton won the Grammy for uh, the uh, the song uh, for, for writing the song or co-writing the song. What's love got to do with it? Um, also, uh, co-wrote We Don't Need Another Hero, which. Comes out the following year. Uh, further yep, soundtrack Mad work Max. on Thunderdome was done by Maurice Jar. Um, all of like the instrumental stuff, and uh, he is the father to Jean Michel Jarre. Yeah, I was uh, just same, about to ask it. Same yeah. same guy who did the uh, soundtrack for Lawrence of Arabia. Yep. So wow, crazy. And uh, Holly Knight also was a uh, a co writer uh, for uh, Better Be Good to Me, which I think is on here. Yeah, it's a uh, track track five on the the American release uh, that Jeff Beck was mm-hmm. also on. Um, she also wrote the second single to Beyond Thunderdome uh, called "One of the Living," which is uh, if you haven't heard that right, that song, it, it's awesome. Uh, but dude, like her wiki is insane. I recommend everyone to look it up. Uh, her name is Holly Knight. She wrote the theme song to Angel. The Joss Whedon show. Um, oh. She also uh, wrote uh, Hide Your Heart, which is performed by Kiss, Ace Freely, and Bonnie Tyler. Um, she did a song for Kids Incorporated called Change, which rules. Uh, did the song Wrap Your Arms Around Me by uh, uh, Agnetha from ABBA. Uh, Cheap Trick Space, Bon Jovi, Stick to Your Guns, Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield. Like, the list goes on and on and on. She's wow. been honored with all these fucking, like, songwriting credentials, like, as a just person who's put out so much. But yeah, I'm just saying watch Thunderdome. It's, a, it's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, speaking of Tina Turner, um, does anybody want to mention another movie that she's been in? Because she's been in a, quite a few. I would love you to mention some more movies yeah. she's been in. And I know that Kyle is very familiar with one of the movies that she's been in. 
Oh, I'm going to list a couple and then uh, yeah, I, yeah, I hope me, that Kyle can uh, think of it. Uh, Give Me Shelter, It's Your Thing, uh-huh. Tommy, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and one from 1993 that Kyle might recall. 1993? He really likes the soundtrack for it. Tina Turner was in it. Oh, yeah. She's in Last Action Hero, right? Yes, she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got a little cameo in there. Okay, I thought we were talking, you know. Starring roles. Starring roles. Sorry. Um, yeah. Oh, fucking hell yeah. Her performance in Gimme Shelter, though. Um, yeah. If you've never seen it, Google it. Um, yeah. It's, it's got, like, Turner in it. But Actually, it is just, astonishing. Just get on a Tina Turner, like, playlist just, of her gonna... live performances. They're unbelievable yeah she is she's the real deal dude yeah everything all the accolades but she basically had to relearn to sing like for for doing this like she she had blown her fucking voice out correct like this is uh who we we talked about uh another uh female singer that reinvented herself later in life after doing like the pop stuff because her, her voice got a little more raspy and I can't remember. It wasn't Dusty Springfield. It was, uh, it was like, was it, uh, was she, she like married to Mick Ma- Jagger? Mary and Faithful. Some? That's it. Mary and Faithful. Is that mm-hmm. it? Okay, cool. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Lady in Satin. No, no. But yeah. Mary and Faithful. Talking about Billie Holiday. Yeah, the early 80s uh, sort of was the beginning of her resurgence. She opted for a grittier rock blues approach. Um, she toured, you know, Rod Stewart. Um, the Rolling Stones had her come out with them. Um, it, was, it was really inspiring to read about all these other artists that were like, yeah, Tina Turner. Like, yeah, she rules. She rules. Let's, 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 let's tour with her. Um, so that was that was really amazing uh, to see that, and then for all this to culminate and come together with these producers, and yeah, there's something magical about this. And I think this book, as everyone loves a loves a comeback story, loves a you know reinvention of them. We've had multiple. We've had yeah, Marion Faithful. We've had that Elvis record. You know, mm-hmm. it's like any any comeback record. I think people are ready for. Mm-hmm. And this is this was her time. I I found it so interesting because obviously being a early '80s kid or whatever, Tina Turner just this was the Tina Turner I knew. Yep. I had to learn about the soul, mm-hmm. you know, rolling on the river, Tina Turner later on, which is uh, man, that's fantastic. Yeah, the the my first recollection of Tina Turner is her calling Mel Gibson Raggedy Man. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a rockety man <laughs> and that was a uh, uh, so there there's a documentary i think it's called tina uh, that showtime put out which fantastic watch it but there's a they don't cover thunderdome at all like it, it it's a it's a blip on the screen for Are you shaking your fist and screaming at the television? I was now? so mad. Or I was I, I wasn't mad, I was just sad. I was like, oh man, they're just skipping over Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to has Criterion put out a <laughs> No. No, not yet. Nope. Uh, is it Mad Max three? No. Yeah, well. Hopefully George Miller I can find some uh yeah. I can't stand the ride. 
Private Dancer won four of the six awards it was nominated for. Yeah, one of those uh, to Terry Britton for uh, the Song of the Year. Was Song of the Year? Uh, yep. Song of the Year, Best Female Pop Vocalist, uh, Record of the Year. Private, you know. I mean, it's it's great. Yeah. With this what's record was a blockbuster. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Did you say and, seven and, of yeah. these charted? Some of these songs? Uh, there were seven singles. Seven singles. Okay, and the but help was one of them. So I'm gonna say at least five charted, but still I mean, in the U.S. Six singles out of nine songs. Seven, if you if you count the the, yeah. the one that was on the American release, that that's insane, man. That's great. Yeah, yeah. This record was a juggernaut. A lot of these in the '80s, huh? Yeah, it, there's something about that '80s, that mid '80s that MTV. Mono culture. Exactly. MTV, I think, had a lot to do with it because all these had videos, right? Mm-hmm. What's Love Got to Do With It, Private Dancer, and uh, Let's Stay Together had a video. So, yeah, I think that pushed it. I mean, obviously, her talent. But I do feel like there was, there was something about that in the mid-'80s with Michael Jackson, and all the songs feel like a different idea that then got translated into the video. And then from there, it just made the albums even bigger or it, it sort of made those a collection of songs almost as a singles, you know, element. Yeah. We know that MTV had a big blind spot around 83 with not having like any black artists uh, until, until Michael Jackson got on there. And yeah, I mean, Tina Turner was all over, you know, MTV in 84, but you also have to remember this is kind of her, her rock record, you know, Mm -hmm. and MTV was all about just rock records back then. So good on her for breaking through, you know? Yeah. Cause her performance on this record is amazing. And yeah, this is her first time. I mean, when I say rock, I mean, this is, you know, 84 rock, all these different producers. There's some, like I said, jarring instrumentation, but I, I like this record a whole bunch and I'm, I like as little baby dude Kyle remembers this, you know, seeing Tina Turner on MTV all the time, like every hour on the hour. Yeah. Do you feel like any of the songs are dated? Well, I mean, yes. I mean, absolutely. With I all I mean, these with, songs um, are dated. Really? I mean, with the exception of uh, I Can't See in the Rain, which still sounds like it's from the future. But I mean, th- th- this all sounds of its time, which, okay. it, yeah. which makes it dated. I don't think it sounds... Uh, yeah, I guess when fresh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. When I say dated, I don't mean that you can't tell it's from the 80s. Well, yeah, I guess that's a bad way to describe it. Um, I, they, they all still sound fresh. to me. Yeah, stale, I guess. Yeah, Nothing sounds stale. Yeah. To me. I think one of my uh, 
favorite uh, discoveries was uh, Steel Claw. That song Steel Claw was a rocker. Is a rocker. And I feel that like... It reminded me of uh, Proud Mary a little bit, her, her Proud Mary. Yeah. It also reminded me of um, the things that like Meatloaf was doing. Yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah. Very it is cool. so ramped up. It feels yeah. like that that uh, Bruce Springsteen-esque, you know, rocker mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere. And it's so fast and... It's biting and yeah, she does it so well, yeah. so powerful. I'm with you. Yeah, I was I was strapped in for that one. Show some respect. The sixth single. Uh, did you guys <laughs> see the B side on that? No. What was it? It's a live cover of Prince's "Let's Pretend We're Married." Oh man! Like you cannot fucking get away from Prince in 1984. He's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> He's writing everybody's songs, making everybody pancakes or waffles. <laughs> <laughs> Playing basketball. Playing basketball with Oingo Boingo. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, her voice has that character, has that, just has that character that you want. Attitude. Total. Total attitude. Service. She is serving every single solitary person. I don't think we're going to have any more Tina Turner albums, but. I don't believe we will. Has anyone watched the uh, Angela Bassett movie? No, and Tina hasn't even watched it. Mm-mm. Really? Yeah, it she was. She doesn't want to relieve that shit. That's exactly what she said. That's she what said, she said. Mm-hmm. She said, "I don't need to. I don't need to see it. I lived it." Yeah. Uh, I don't need to go around the room, right? Hell no, man. This no need. I'm, 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 I'm glad you dudes like this record too. Masterstroke. Yeah. And yeah. Ol- it only works because Tina's singing. If it not, it would just yeah. be a disparate collection of who gives a fuck songs. Rob, that's important. Yeah, I agree. That's that's the glue that's holding this all together. Because there's a lot of disparate producers, you know, on this. Yeah. Just a cornucopia of genre covers. Like, yeah, it's a it's a bit all, all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they took some inspiration from Thriller, which was the biggest thing at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. But oh, there's that steel claw. Oh, steel claw coming on. It does sound like me. Rolling on the river. I mean, it. Have a good job in the city. This sounds like uh, Jim Steinman. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I got a soft spot for that dude's arrangements. It's a rocker. Yeah, this is going to be on my meatloaf uh, (laughs) mix. I want to go roller skating right now. Yeah. (laughs) Going to put it on my workout mix. All right, next time we'll be talking about Echo and the Bunnymen, Ocean Rain. Woo!